It's your home. This is where you talk the home teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans. All right, welcome back in. Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280, New Orleans. Great show so far. Talk some uh, LSU baseball, Luke Johnson. Talk some NFL Saints stuff. Talk Pelicans with Pels assistant coach Chris Finch. Now we talk uh, some more Pels with our buddy Jake Madison, Locked on Pels podcast, jumping on with us. Jake, what's going on, man? Not too much. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, I mean, it's... It's hard not to get excited about the Pelicans right now, riding a five-game win streak. And, look, the last two games, it wasn't exactly pretty, especially that game Friday night against Miami, going to overtime in both the games. But, uh, look, good teams win in those overtime games. And so you put together a five-game win streak, you get the lowly Suns coming in tonight, and you feel pretty good if you can get take care of business tonight make it six in a row before you go on this uh, tough West Coast road trip. Yeah, absolutely. This would definitely be a big win for the Pelicans. It'd be their first six-game winning streak since 2011, back when Anthony wow. was a senior in high school, which goes to show you <laughs> how long ago this was at this point. Uh, and something that the Pelicans definitely want to do, and they need to take advantage of this schedule right now to get these easy wins because we know from having the game rescheduled against the Pacers and then basically playing 25 games in 47 days, which is what it comes down to overall after the All-Star break, they're going to have a lot of issues with rest. That's going to create tougher matchups for them. So you've got to get these wins while you can. And because the Western Conference playoff race is so tight, with seats 3 through 10 basically being separated by, I think it's four games now, you've got to get every victory you can to kind of build a bit of a cushion because some losses in the future will definitely start happening. Since the DeMarcus Cousins injury, it's kind of been, you know, trying to find the feel for it. Do you feel like they've kind of started to create an identity on the offensive end of the floor since he went down? Yeah, I think you've seen Anthony Davis just really kind of understand he needs to be the alpha player on this team. No more deferring, no more having quiet nights of 14 points, 16 points, like we've seen him disappear in games before. He has to go out, and he said as much the other day. He said he needs to play like Russell Westbrook. He needs to go out, look for his shot, and score and lead this team. And on this five-game winning streak, you've seen him do that. He's been averaging, I think it's over 40 points or very close to it now um, during this streak. He's dominating the game. When he can't get to the rim, he knows he can rely on that mid-range jumper, which then opens things up for him later on down the line. We saw that against the Miami Heat in particular. And that's really the identity is just let him go out and do his things. I think they found a rotation that works, too, starting a Mecca Okafor. It sounds like they're going to be signing him officially uh, tonight or tomorrow for the rest of the season. That's been a very good pickup. It allows him to play center, start there, let Anthony Davis take the easier defensive assignment uh, by guarding most likely a power forward in that case. Save his body a little bit. He's been giving him more energy. You've seen the Pelicans close out games better than they really ever have at any point, and they're 7-2 in overtime this season. I think part of it, particularly these last two wins, is Davis just has some more energy late in games because of the rotation that head coach Alvin Gentry has figured out. Uh, the addition of, of Miritich, look, it, it's worked out the way that they've, uh, they take him off the bench but plays you know close to starter minutes, basically, off the bench, we know what he brings offensively, and the three-point shot maybe hasn't been the best so far in his short tenure in New Orleans, but I've been impressed with the defensive side. I mean, I thought he was big yesterday in Milwaukee, four blocks and a steal. Uh, what have you seen over out of Miritich's game, especially on the defensive end? 
Yeah, his shot will come, and I think you see him a little fatigued on offense right now. As you said, he's playing starters minutes when he's really a player who's averaged right around 25 minutes per game in his career. So all of a sudden, getting 10 more minutes per game can maybe take you out of your own rhythm, get you a little bit out of sorts as your body just adjusts to being out there a little bit longer than it's used to. But I, I'm, a, I'm with you. He's been tremendous on the defensive side of the ball, and defense, a lot of it in the NBA, is just caring and trying and just going out and wanting to do that and expending the energy. And he's a guy that does that. You see him grabbing key defensive rebounds, ending possessions, not getting beat out on the boards, allowing second-chance points. And he's just a stout defender. He can switch, too, which is the more impressive thing. For a guy of his size being able to, at times, guard smaller players, wing players, backcourt players, has been pretty impressive. And he had a very key block on Dwayne Wade in that game against Miami Heat that really allowed the game to get to overtime when it looked like the Heat might have gone up to a four-point advantage and instead it stayed at two because he had that key block on Wade. What have you thought about Drew Holiday, the way he's played since the injury from DeMarcus and kind of having to step up even more in the offense? You know, he, he's hit another gear since uh, Cousins went down. He was already playing at a pretty high level there. And, you know, he was ridiculed partially for signing that big, massive contract, wondering if it was an overpay. And I don't want to say he's living up to, you know, $27, 28000000 million a season right now, but he has been by far the Pelicans' second most important player during this stretch. And it's not even close. And he needed to be. Really what he does is you see him kind of start things on the defensive side of the ball. He can switch. He's got long arms. He's comfortable defending larger players. You saw some pretty good defense uh, from him against Giannis, a guy who's got you know about six inches or so on him, if not more, the other night that really helped shut down Giannis in the second half. He only had nine points. And a lot of that was due to Holiday's defense and trying to guard up a position like that. And then offensively, he understands how to play with Anthony Davis really well. Now that neither of them have been injured or away from the team for a period of time, they've gotten this run that they've really never had before of extended time on the court together to kind of figure things out. If you watch the end of that Miami game, they ran the pick and roll between Davis and Holiday on the left side of the court late in the fourth quarter in overtime seven or eight times in a row and then went back to it for another five times in a row, and it was either Holiday scoring or Davis scoring. And these two guys have developed some great chemistry on the court together, and in the right situation, it's proven to be unguardable. And it's amazing, too. Every time I want to count Rondo out, he has a game like he had yesterday, and it's like, all right, well, maybe he can still be a big piece of what this team does night in and night out. But I think matchups is key. I mean, depending upon who they're facing, we've seen against Minnesota this year, they just have no shot to defend those guards from the Timberwolves. But, you know, look, the other night, Jimmy Butler goes down with an injury. Uh, what do you make of how the West looks right now? I mean, from 3 through 10, this is going to be just absolutely insane over the next month and a half. When you talk about the Jazz still red hot, the Clippers right there in the mix, the Nuggets have been playing really well, and they'll be getting Millsap back soon. Uh, This is going to be a dogfight. Yeah, it's going to absolutely go down probably to the end of the season, which is why I think the Pelicans hopefully won't be kicking themselves for dropping games against uh, the Sacramento Kings, Dallas Mavericks early on in the season. Those could come back to haunt them. But if they keep playing like they are right now, they can kind of go toe-to-toe with anyone other than maybe Golden State or uh, the Rockets. The Western Conference, I honestly think, and maybe this is cheating a little bit, that it's going to come down to health. If there's an injury like there was to Jimmy Butler, who's likely going to be out the rest of the regular season and maybe back for the playoffs should they make it, 
which all of a sudden becomes a big question mark now, that's how a team might fall out. And if any injury hits any of those teams to a key contributor, they're likely to fade because all of these teams are going to be playing each other for the most part for the rest of the season. The Pelicans have, in terms of opponent winning percentage, remaining the seventh toughest schedule. Uh, the Nuggets are up there at fifth. I think Portland's at sixth. One of the easier ones coming up is going to be Utah. They have, I think, the 24th easiest or toughest schedule. One of the easier ones, which could make a difference. So, got to hold serve at home. The Pelicans haven't been ideal at home this year. They're going to have a six-game homestand coming up, or five games, I forget. You got to win most of those games. It's going to be in a stretch where you have five games and six nights. It's going to be tough. You know, I want to make predictions and say this team's going to get in or this team's going to fall out. I just don't think you can do that right now. For you at this moment in the Western Conference, who do you think is the most dangerous team outside of the two obvious ones in Houston and Golden State? You know, I really like Denver. They, they've they struggled defensively all year while maintaining a very kind of high-octane offense that's center, uh, built around their center, Nikola Jokic, and the triple-doubles he puts up with points, rebounds, and passing. It's just truly a feat to see. And at one point uh, towards the middle of the year, they had a better offensive rating than the Golden State Warriors did, which shows you how well they were playing during that stretch. Now they've started to turn it around on the defensive side of the ball. They're not ranking in the bottom third in the league of defense right now. They're trending towards league average, which just makes them a little bit more lethal. I tend to think, especially down these stretch runs, that defense is very important. Shooting might go away for a game or two, but solid defense is almost always there, and that's something that can be consistent. Denver's then going to get Paul Millsap back. That's going to be a big bonus for them, kind of little bit of lanyap there because they've been playing well without him they can integrate him back into the lineup into the rotation it's going to be a terrifying offense that doesn't mind trying to score with golden state if they can stop getting some if they can get some stops on the defensive side of the ball they're going to definitely be a tough out and almost a lock to make the playoff well you know denver gets Millsap back maybe the spurs get Kawhi back but nobody's talking about the pels getting solomon hill back i mean that, that that'll be a nice little boost if he comes back Oh, it, it definitely will. I, you know, we don't have a date or anything like that. I'm hearing maybe the the Mavericks in early March they might try and kind of ease him back into the rotation. It'll take ten games or so to kind of get off a minutes restriction. But this type of injury, the hamstring tear and surgery, doesn't really require a, a kind of shortened rest or anything like that. So you'll see him get back to full speed. Uh, sooner rather than later once he's back in there. And it's certainly going to help. One, the Pelicans have been trending in the right direction defensively. They've been moving from being one of the worst in the league to being about the middle of the pack. That certainly propelled them on this five-game winning streak as they try and make it six tonight. And then it's just going to help stabilize the rotation. As you had said, You know, every now and then you have these moments from Rondo or games when he's just unplayable and you don't want him out there and he hurts the team more than he helps. Well, now when you get Solomon Hill back in, that means Etwan Moore, who's a much more sound defender than Rondo is, just kind of a safer play overall with maybe a lower ceiling, can get more minutes at guard. So it stabilizes the backcourt a little bit more. You don't exactly have that same type of boom or bust mentality and play that we've seen from them. So even just to shift the minutes over to guard, get some of those away from Rondo, you can play Rondo in those shorter, more effective stretches that he's better at. You don't really want him playing 36 minutes per game, I think it's going to definitely be a big boon for the Pelicans. And should they make the playoffs, having a guy who can slow down the opponent's you know, best uh, wing uh, attacker and offensive player, which they'll have in Solomon Hill, can get some teams out of their flow, out of their rhythm, and allow the Pelicans to maybe steal a game that they shouldn't win. 
He is Jake Madison. Nola Jake is his Twitter handle, of course. Does the Locked on Pelicans podcast, LockedOnPelicans.com, where you can catch all the podcasts. I know you just put one up, Jake. Is it uh, basically just recapping the five-game win streak and previewing the Suns matchup tonight? Yeah, recapping the wins over the weekend. You know, what did the Pelicans do in the second half against Milwaukee that allowed them to turn around from a 17-point deficit? I really broke down kind of the fourth quarter in overtime. The offense we saw, that pick-and-roll game between Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis and the win over the Heat and getting you guys set for tonight uh, to try and make it six games, which we haven't seen in a very long time. Who do you put on Devin Booker tonight? I think you've got to run Drew Holiday out there. You know, you if you can slow him down, they don't have much offense elsewhere. And what they're going to try and do tonight, the Suns want to play fast. They want to score in transition. And the Pelicans are totally okay with that because they love playing that way. You run down there and miss a shot, they're going to grab the ball and try and streak down as well. If you can slow down Devin Booker, you know, they're going to have to rely on Alfred Payton, uh, who, who does a good job of maybe getting to the rim, but he's going to have it a little bit tougher tonight with Emeka Okafor in there, with Anthony Davis in there. And if you force him to shoot from mid-range, he's not a very effective or efficient player. I think that's how you'll, you'll see the Pelicans go about with the backcourt, kind of let Alfred Payton shoot, which will you know, make people in the Smoothie King Center happy, being that he's a local uh, but, you know, everything the Suns want to do, play right into the Pelicans' hands tonight. This should be an easy win, but never discount those kind of trap games. This team tends to get very complacent and full of themselves at times, and you see them play better when they're facing adversity. There's no adversity tonight as they're on a five-game winning streak. This is just kind of all the makings of a game that's going to be disappointing that they could potentially drop at home because they come out and just don't really care. Yeah, maybe looking ahead to that San Antonio game Wednesday night. Trap game. Every every time I want to count the Spurs out, they go and like whoop up on the Cavs yesterday in Cleveland. What was that? It's like, come on, Popovich is just the greatest coach of all time. It's just, it's unbelievable. I, I hate the Spurs so much. He is uh, Jake Madison of uh, Locked On Pelicans. Jake, thanks for the time. Man. I really appreciate it. Of course, thanks for having me on. All right, bud. Thanks, man. He is uh, Jake Madison. Nola Jake on Twitter. Uh, Pell's back in action tonight against the Phoenix Suns. and A game you absolutely should win. And by the way, if you just don't it, screw around. Like, go get tickets. Tickets are very cheap. You can get into the house tonight because you won't be able to see the Pell's in person again until a week from Friday. They're at this four-game road trip that they go on, they're... They're not back home until the Wizards a week from this Friday. So good news for March. Yeah, and good news for March. Obviously, you'll get plenty of opportunities to see them in that month, which is nice. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, grab our last break of the show. We'll come back. Get a lot more things we got to touch on in the final segment. Stay with us. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.